where we ask the question, what if we set intentions with everything we do? I'm your co-host, Michelle, and today Andrew can't be here, but we have a special guest, Tanya Boyganzan, with us today. Yay! Thank you so much for being here, Tanya. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I have a million things I could say to start off with, but I think I would rather open the door to you and have you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Because you changed my life on a level that um, I will be forever grateful for. And I assume we'll talk about some of that or maybe a lot of that during our conversation today. But you and what you do and how you show up in the world is what inspired me and changed my life on a level that I never would even have been able to imagine had I not met you. I had no idea what was coming for me when I walked through your doors that first time. So I'd love to tell people about you. Oh, well, wow. Thank you. Um, well, first of all, it's been wonderful to see you um, from the very moment I met you and just all the things that um, you've just blossomed into and keep unfolding. And it's it's so fun. And I'm really honored to just be a spark in your path. You know, you did the work. I didn't do anything. I just showed up maybe at a time when you needed a catalyst, but yeah. Um, so I'm Tanya and, uh, um, yeah, I think that's what I'm here to do is be a spark for some people. Uh, part of it is sparking myself. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I've always been a seeker from the very moment I can remember. I used to tell my, I remember going to my first grade teacher going, I remember being born and she's like, Oh, tell me more about that. And, uh, my, first memory is like coming into this light with these voices and stuff. I mean, I don't know who knows if my mind made this up, but it felt like it was maybe coming into the world and not seeing anything concretely, but like light and form and sound. And I was like, Oh, here we go again. Like this feeling of ennui, of fatigue of like, Oh, another round. You know, and in the yoga tradition, we call it samsara, you know, this constant birth, life, death, birth, life, death. And, you know, as I got older and learned about some of these, I was like, oh, well, whether that's a real memory or not, a part of me acknowledged this is another experience of this reality. Let's not waste it. Right. So I think from that early age, I've always been drawn to this, the spiritual or, um, spiritual not so much like not the world but how do you integrate the spiritual with the world so this world isn't so forlorn isn't so painful and how do we make this place where we're at you know use our time well make it a better place see the beauty in things develop our understanding develop our capacity I mean I really think that's what I'm interested in doing and what you know, when I think about the times of my life that I'm thriving, that's what I'm doing and who I'm hanging out with, you know, whether I like it or not. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's developed in all types of unique things. But I think another thing that I'm interested in is like, like ancient tools or time tested tools and making them accessible for modern people. That seems to be a, th- a theme. It's even in my Vedic astrology chart, like I am connected to old things and then connect people to those things. So even like the homes I live in, they're all like remodeled or old buildings or even, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a connection there. I realized this recently when I had a reading and somebody's like, yeah, like think of all the 
places you live. They've all been like old historic places that are revamped, like every single one of them. <laughs> so <insane>. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. That's, I love those connections when you start to see the patterns that you just, they just keep repeating, you know? Yeah. I had a similar awareness not that long ago where I realized pretty much, well, not even pretty much everything that I study and I bring into my practice is a living tradition, mm -hmm. which I mean, I suppose if you think about it, most, if not all things are anyway, but like the paths that I seem to drop into or find or find me is maybe a better way of putting it. They are like big in the living tradition versus like a lot of them. I don't know. It just feels like they're passed down from you know, family to family to family, or from, you know, somebody who really has this deep knowledge, wisdom, understanding of it. And then it gets, goes from teacher to student, teacher to student, teacher to student, student becomes teacher. We're all, all the parts mm -hmm. and just so many pieces of that, that I learned with you from you has like changed my world. Cause I grew up in a very boxed in is how it felt environment where it was like, I was just trying to fit into what that looked like for me. And then when I came to Dave and Nadi, it was like, wait, hang on. I have probably like a million questions <laughs> because I knew I was feeling off and unsettled. And I knew like, I wasn't feeling like me. I was feeling like I was trying to find me and you like cracked that open in such an amazing way. And in a good kind, gentle way too, not in like this holy shit, now what? Although there were those moments, they were, I still knew I was held like by you, by your community. I mean, and so many different things happened in my world along my journey with you being at the forefront that you just had this capacity to hold space in a way that like, you didn't make the things that were the hardest things of my life worse. You made them better. And everyone else in my life to that point, and, and not, this isn't fair, I shouldn't, but like <laughs> to some level, like they brought in more anxiety. Like we were in our same old patterns. And so I needed a new view, a new outlook, a new perspective to help me get out of those old patterns that I was with, with all the people that I was surrounded with because they were in the gunk too. Mm. And like, you were able to do that for me on a level where I was like, why am I not more terrified right now? Or why am I so okay with everything not being okay? And it's just all the different skills and tools that you bring in that legit change everything or they did for me. And then my spirituality, <laughs> like, I think, you know, when I first came in, I was so resistant. I couldn't feel anything. I was not connected to my intuition. And I was like, if you would have told me that I'd be, you know, doing Reiki sessions and the things coming in that are coming in and all of the spiritual experiences that I'm having and have had, I would have been like, yeah, I don't believe in any of that. <laughs> and now I'm like, let's teach it. <laughs> let's mm -hmm. show people how to connect with that piece of themselves and that spirituality and universe and source, whatever, you know, your words are. And that I just, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, you are one of the voices in my head, in my heart is maybe a better way to put it. Like, because all so many things that I learned from you shifted my perspective and my awareness to a level where I was like, oh, hang on. There's always another view. There's always another perspective. There's always another choice. And if I'm not coming from the one that's within me, then I'm off. Something's off. Yeah. Well, you know, this is something I think strongly of it's um, space and what we put in that space matters. Yeah. So when people are open 
and a different space emerges, sometimes things reorganize and people start to sense things in a different way. And it gives them that space to hold that. So, I mean, that is intentional. I mean, you talked about the podcast being, what is it? Unnecessarily intentional? Hypothetically intentional. Hypothetically yeah. intentional. Okay. Got to get that one right. Hypothetically. Well, and we didn't I mean, even set an intention today. <laughs> right. I know we, we didn't, we were just going for it. Yeah. But I think and that's something when I um, came to this work, I mean, it was such a aha moment for me, like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm here to do. And I don't know exactly how it'll all unfold, but all I know is there, the, the truth I feel inside me, there are pathways to access it, not full of dogma, bullshit, repression, hoarding power, you know, and, um, ways that are life supporting and beautiful and, um, uh, and fun. And so, you know, that really shifted my life and I dedicated myself. Like I remember on my knees, like, this is it. I'm just, just take me, I'm, I'm here to help. And, and just, you know, please support me in a kind and loving way. And that, that was it. And, and off we go. So, you know, in the course of all that, um, when the intention is clear, then, you know, you got to go through the motions, right? Like keep your head above the stuff. And that's, I mean, I think that's the biggest challenge is in the world that we live in is when you're working with the spiritual integration of what is as, an, as obvious to a world that is very hands-on how do you keep yourself grounded and healthy in the business world and in the, the, the doing aspect of things. Um, but when I, you know, spend time with my intention and who, who, who I want to attract, a lot of it is casting that out. And then also who's attracted to what I have to offer. Then I just let go because I just feel like we're going to find each other. And as a, as a guide, I mean, I, I'm a teacher, but, um, you know, I, I think of myself as a spiritual big sister to people, I guess, in some ways. And, you know, I have my own people that support me too. So like you said, we kind of pass these teachings on one by teaching and two by living them. Yeah. And, you know, every, each time we live them, we have our own story and that's what makes the energy come alive because, Passing on knowledge, a lot of people can do that, but passing on wisdom, like lived experience, so people can feel it on a level, like they get hope, oh, I can do this too, to give them the confidence to know that somebody else went through something and then that they just got to keep doing it too. Then, I mean, that's really how that that tradition pours forward. And I think you and I have both had our share of life experience and who knows what's coming. But, you know, I think when I feel really healthy, um, I guess one of my definitions of health is, you know, the world might not be ideal and my life might not might not be ideal, but whatever's coming, I have the tools and the open heartedness to know it's, it's not going to crush me. Does that make sense? It does. It It's what I talk about with, with my now students and clients, and that is self-trust. And what you just said, that's it. It's not about, 
it's not about you trusting yourself to do it all by yourself. It's about knowing that what comes, what comes is you're going to be able to support it through you and your resources, your mentors, your guides, your teachers, and your environment, your community. And that's such a huge piece of all of it. I, it feels like, because as someone who wasn't connected to self-trust or accountability or even awareness <laughs> when I first, you know, in 2011, when I stepped in to Dave and Adi, it like, I didn't realize how much of that I didn't have. I was telling myself I had all those things. And then I stepped in and it was like, you know, layers kind of just sloughed off. And, and then you realize like, oh, life is so much harder than it has to be when I'm showing it up in this state of protection versus like letting go and trusting that it's all going to be okay, but it's going to be okay because I'm doing the work and I have the tools and I have people like you and your community in my world. <laughs> and that changed as everything. Like, as you're talking about all this, I'm wondering, like, how long was it? I mean, you, so you said in first grade, you started your, you kind of, well, you told your teacher and you've known for a very long time that you're a seeker that, you know, but how long, like what, when, what made you decide to turn it into a business and to really, because I feel like there's something about that, that like you really get to help more people in that way, in a, in a recipe, like a reciprocal way. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, because my vocation, my time spent in this world versus like being an accountant and then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the the business aspect, I mean, you know, I it didn't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to have this school someday where we train all these people in the mind, body, here spirit, you know, wellness yeah. art at all. Um, I think I was interested in stuff like that. But again, you know, growing up in the 70s, 80s, you know, I mean, I graduated high school in 91. So just even access to the information wasn't that easy to, to come by, especially, you know, growing up in the suburbs of the Twin Cities and, um, you know, Catholic household, just not a lot of exposure, but my inner world was very rich. I was always very deeply spiritual and I wanted so badly to connect to something and I felt connected to something. So I've always had that spark of light in me. And so when I would hear things externally, I would try to fit them in and, you know, you, you trust your outside sources until you learn more. But at some point I started to understand like my inner experience is different than what I'm hearing. Like, um, I, I, it started to make me question. And so one of my mentors who's now passed, um, he would always say, it's really good to have a healthy dose of skepticism on the spiritual path, because otherwise you fall prey to other people's agendas. And then the next thing you know, you know, you're in trouble. And so I had some of that coming in. And so it was really, I mean, it was actually my my youth director at, in in church when I was like 16 years old, 15, 16, and I was troubled. I had a lot of depression. I was, I was a good student and from the outside, everything looked fine. But in my inner world was like, I just needed to expand so much for who I was, but I was in a very limited space and I didn't know how to do that without blowing up. So what I did is I just controlled and did the best I could with everything so that that world was in control, right? So, you know, a student, you know, captain of the tennis team, whatever. And um, 
but inside, you know, just thinking about everything. Like I go back and look at the yoga sutras. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was going through all of this existential internal work and by myself and using the tools that I had around me, you know, the teachings of Jesus and other things. And, but I started to expand a little bit. It was actually my youth director that was like, you know, you are troubled because you are so you're identified with your mind mm, and you are not your mind. Sense. She goes, you are not your mind. Can you see that there's something beyond you watching your mind? Can you connect to that? So she taught me how to watch my mind. She taught me mindfulness meditation. She taught me how to separate and become the seer, the drashta, which is the, the term that we use in the yoga sutras. So I think it's ironic that going back to my, you know, in original spiritual tradition got me connected to this. So then it was like, oh my God, it was like this huge aha moment. That's that's the part of me that is always thriving. But when I get caught up in the mind, then I think there's something wrong with me. And I was internalizing that. So, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but I got really curious about that. And that's how I started meditating, is watching thoughts and creating the the seer. And um, and then in college, you know, yoga came and found me. I did a lot of third eye meditation. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but that's what I was doing. And so my intuition got really strong and it was doing all types of weird things. And so, I mean, I had some weird mystery illness and next thing you know, you know, I'm starting to practice yoga and all that energy finally started to move around rather than be here. And then it was like a huge shift happened for me. So, you know, it's like it found me, I guess. But then turning it into a business that even then was not even on the radar because again, being conditioned in the culture, I'm like, well, I'm going to be a doctor. So I'll start college pre-med and quickly was like, this is not for me. There's something else for me. And I, I just feel lucky along the way, the right people have showed up. Even my college counselor, I went and talked to her. I'm like, look, I want to help people, but this is not the path. Like spending all this time in academia, like I'm a good student, but this is not going to work for me. And I was also in like creative writing and I like I like everything. I mean, I'm I I love life. So I got into some other stuff and switched my major. And you know, the irony is that it all all that stuff supports what I do today is just being a student of life. And I did graduate with English lit and creative writing with honors, not thinking that I'd ever be a writer per se, but I wanted to be an English professor. So, but in the course of that, um, traveling the world, I became my pastime. So I graduated college and went to Europe and worked in England for a while, all practicing yoga, asana, and meditating and um, traveling around the, the continent. And then when I came back, I settled in Wyoming just briefly for a gig I had. And then these people started to ask me to teach yoga because they saw me practicing at the gym. And that's how it all started. So it was that inquiry that like, Hey, why don't you teach some yoga while you're here? I'm like, what? I don't, I can't teach. You know, I'm not certified. I don't have a guru. You know, I didn't really know much about yoga other than this. When I read a couple books and started practicing, I was like, oh yeah, I've done this before for sure. So that's what was so fun about it. It was really something very personal and it connected me back to that self-trust you talked about. Like it just, it's like it, 
quickly everything started to come together and organized files. Like, oh, that's what that was. That was what that was. And then um, being asked to teach, it kind of really like, it just exploded my mind, you know, like, oh my gosh. So there's a whole bunch of stories around that. It was Yoda came to me and talked to me and stuff like that. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I had an experience where somebody, literally a physical person showed up in my life, was like, you know, you're going to teach yoga the rest of your life. And I'm like, what? Then I found out he was a Tai Chi master. And I mean, it was just like, that's it. So, I mean, not everybody gets to have their calling at such a young age. That was, I was 23. But, but again, I mean, at that time in my life, because I knew who I was, I did have fear. I just knew I was going to figure it out. And I was going to be, take a very different path than what I thought it was going to be. You know, I wasn't doing the doctor path anymore. I wasn't doing like, go build this career and all security, I broke free from some of that conditioning. And it was scary for maybe people surrounding me in my life. But for me, I was like, it's, I'm going to live this amazing, extraordinary adventure. And, and I knew that I could. And um, when I was in college, one of the classes I took was complementary and alternative medicine. And we had a shaman come in and walked us through the shamanic journey it wasn't drugs. It was more through breath and sound and stuff. And I witnessed me standing around some of my female relatives and we were all holding hands around this fire. And I said to me, we couldn't do it, but you can go and do it. And I knew that they meant like, oh, be an independent woman in the world and don't let anybody hold you back. And it didn't mean men or whatever, but I knew that I knew I felt the support, even though maybe nobody's ever told me that physically in my family, I energetically had this, like when I was born, you know, just with growing up in the seventies and eighties, I grew up thinking I can be anything, you know, yeah. and it changed. I remember being a little kid the way I can be a nurse, a teacher, a singer, a dancer. But then as I got a little older, I was like, no, 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 I can be the president. You know, and so the, the societal changes that were happening provided a unique opportunity for somebody like me to be like, oh, now I'm actually in a world where my attitude and, and my personal sense of freedom, I can actually use it. So I think that helped me get on the path faster than, and, um, you know, I did get caught up in the dot com scene for a while doing the building websites in the Wild West of the 90s you know, yeah. <laughs> and that was fun. And I learned a ton and I use all that stuff every day for sure. So I don't feel like that was time wasted. And it was where I was, you know, meeting my teachers and developing myself. And, and then I was just natural to like, all right, I guess if I'm going to work this hard for somebody else, why don't I do it for myself? And that was in 2001 when I came back to the cities and realized, oh, you know, I have all the tools to run a business, but I don't, I mean, I'm, I fear, you know, like I'm not, I don't, I don't know a lot of things and I don't, you know, where's the capital going to come from? And I don't know, but part of it was investing in myself and then just and having fun and being enthusiastic yeah, and, and sharing. I think that was always an attitude I've had is like, just, just share, just help people and it'll come back to you. And that attitude has served me over these years for sure. <laughs> 